Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day eve. NBC's Jason Garrett will join the program. Does he think Jaron Hall is a first-round pick right now? And do we expect BYU to beat Notre Dame right here in Las Vegas tomorrow? Let's go! Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, October 7th. Salute! Outside of Allegiant Stadium, he is Spencer Linton. I am Jerem Jordan. Do you have residency yet in Vegas, like a seven-day stay, like hanging with the Osmonds or whatever? Yeah, so I'm working on that, and I'm glad you brought up the Osmonds because I have an interview scheduled with Marie Osmond nice. on the sidelines tomorrow during BYU Sports Nation game day. So I felt that would be the appropriate time to address more permanent residency uh, using the connections that Donnie and Marie have. So I'll get back to you on that, Jaron, but I'm trying to get us a sweet probably at the Bellagio, maybe the Mandalay Bay, specifically to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. You could probably throw Ben Bagley into that as well, a yeah. year-round timeshare, something like that. So I'll address it with Marie tomorrow. I really like that. And uh, at the Arizona game, uh, Dan Reynolds <laughs> was on the sideline. Rudy was on the sideline. So, yeah, yeah it's a who's who. I imagine it will be even better for, uh, for Notre Dame. So that's going to be awesome, man. Absolutely. It's going to be an electric atmosphere tomorrow, and that requires that we bring it today on our game day eve show. Loaded show lineup that I'm sure Marie and Donnie and all of the Osmonds will absolutely love. Beginning with the already mentioned Jason Garrett, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, now turned NBC analyst. He's incredibly prepared. He knows BYU well. Jeremy went one-on-one -on -one with him. Cannot wait for that conversation in about 28 minutes. Fantasy Friday. Can Jerem Jordan finally get off the schneid and break his winless Probably streak? Probably not. 0 for 5 thus far. Can he put together a winning lineup? Are they Plus literally putting porta potties behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. This is the greatest shot this in the history of this television. program. This is live television, <laughs> Jerem. This is live television. <laughs> What in the world? It beats the beach, does it not? <laughs> it beats the beach, right? <laughs> Literally the crappiest shot in the history of this show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at this. Uh, I don't know how we recover from this. Hey, but we're, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep we, going right we now. We've got some game day guarantees. <laughs> I guarantee these porta potties are going to be used quite a bit tomorrow. Uh, NY Gonzaga's Mark Few and Randy Bennett are going to miss BYU basketball in the West Coast Conference. Take it away, my friend, with today's headline. Oh, my gosh. We're going to put as much sanitizer on this situation as we can. Number 16 BYU football takes on Notre Dame tomorrow night. Don't know what you don't know if you heard. Free game on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 7:30 Eastern Time. Much more coming up on the, the matchup in what's trending. Tonight there's a fan fest, by the way. Check it out, 9 Eastern Time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, a live BYU Sports Nation. Samson Naku is going to join the program. That'll be fun. Craig Ranch, Regional Park, tonight at 9 Eastern Time. No porta potties are anticipated in the back of shots during the fan fest. <laughs> but porta potties will be on location, I can guarantee you that. On to Cougars in the NFL. Zach Wilson and the New York Jets back to work against the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. The NFL's leading touchdown rusher in terms of scoring, Jamal Williams, 
is back to work with the Detroit Lions against the Patriots. Tyler Algier is going to get his first NFL start. We anticipate with the Falcons tomorrow against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Taysom Hill and the Saints face Jerem Seahawks. Fred Warner and the 49ers take on Brady Christensen and the Carolina Panthers. And Kyle Van Noy, Michael Davis of the L.A. Chargers will face former BYU man Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns. I am unbelievably distracted still. Men's Hoops predicted to tie for third in the West Coast Conference with San Francisco, according to the coaches. Fusini Traore was the lone Cougar on the 10-man preseason All-WCC list, and only one of two sophomores on the 10-man as well. 14th-ranked BYU women's volleyball, and I need you to focus here, Jerem. Stay with me because you're the voice of women's volleyball. They earned a seventh sweep last night. I saw that. In the pink out match against... Uh, yeah, promoting breast cancer awareness. Awesome, cool, awesome event. Nine aces as a team from BYU. Whitney Bauer had three of those aces. 37 assists. The Cougars host San Francisco tomorrow at 3 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app, trying to stay unbeaten in the WCC. Team high nine aces this year, season high, and a season high 520 hitting percentage. It was awesome. Women's soccer plays at Pacific tomorrow, 10 Eastern on the BYU radio app. BYU hasn't lost Pacific since 97. It's hard to beat an ocean, but BYU's done it. The Cougars put up six goals in a shutout against San Francisco on Wednesday, by the way. Former BYU basketball star Eric Mika playing for the NBA G League's Ignite. They lose to the French League team 112-106 last night. That features star player Victor Wenbanyama. Mika had 6.6 rebounds, three assists, and a block. NBA G League play officially tips off on November 6th. And former Cougar Jordan Mattias and Team USA Rugby open up pool play in the Women's Rugby World Cup in New Zealand against Italy tomorrow, 7.45 Eastern time tomorrow night on Peacock. She gets the start at the number six blindside flanker position. Congratulations to Jordan Mattias. All rise and shout, it's time for what's trending. We've broken down this matchup this week, Spence. It's a big one, ninth meeting with the Fighting Irish. Cougars finally got a game with them, but it's in Vegas. Cougars fans flocking to Vegas down a crowded I-15 yesterday and today. Watch out for that uh, mesquite uh, delay, you know. So Spence, do you expect BYU to beat Notre Dame? I don't know what to expect, Jerem. Just like we didn't expect what happened at the beginning of the show. Maybe that's an omen for this game because it's going to be ah! full of unknowns. Holy cow. Uh, it's, it's kind of what makes this game so intriguing. And to date, in my opinion, the most intriguing game that BYU will have played this season because there are so many question marks going into the matchup with Notre Dame. Okay, the Fighting Irish have... A low of losing to Marshall at home, super head-scratcher in South Bend. But then they put together their best performance of the season in a road win at North Carolina, and they scored 45. BYU, in turn, they have the high of beating Baylor in Provo in an unforgettable game under the lights at LES. And then the low of getting blown out in Eugene by Oregon, not to mention less-than-ideal home wins over Wyoming and Utah State. So a lot of, I don't know. But here's what I do expect. I expect this specific matchup between the Cougars and Irish to be very similar to what BYU faced against Baylor, which is relatively low scoring, very physical, kind of ugly, and frustrating for both fan bases at times. I think both teams, you know, while BYU has struggled in their rush defense, I think there's been such an emphasis put on it this week that 
BYU is going to be better in their run defense and maybe something similar to what the Cougars had up front against Baylor shows up where they can hold the Irish to less than four yards a carry. I do expect BYU to have the big playmaking ability that Jaron Hall has shown so consistently. Like, BYU will have some big plays. I don't know how many, but there will be a few, and that's going to be that's a huge advantage that BYU features because they have Jaron Hall. They win the quarterback matchup. It's not close. Jaron Hall is clearly the best quarterback in this matchup with Drew Pine. So I expect some big plays on BYU's offense, but overall, low-scoring, physical, ugly, and then maybe a turnover that could swing the game in a huge way. So no idea what to expect in terms of who's going to win this game, but maybe some thematic elements that I'm feeling pretty strong are going to happen tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. How about you? I don't expect BYU to win, but I also don't expect BYU to lose. Does that make sense? I'm not exactly sure. I'm like you because I don't know what BYU team's going to show up. I hope the best version of BYU against Baylor. And I hope the team that lost to Marshall shows up for Notre Dame. Like, they're also asking the same question of, who are we? What are we doing? They're like uh, Zoolander looking into that pond. Who am I? Let's see who shows up for each team. And I think turnovers play a big role in this game. Because Notre Dame, as we've chronicled, has one takeaway. BYU has given it up once. BYU does not give it up, and Notre Dame does not take it away. So can BYU create turnovers use that margin to an advantage, and best the Fighting Irish. One uh, concern I do have is when BYU has beaten Notre Dame, uh, you know, two and six all time, it has required Notre Dame to be a six-win team both times. That Notre Dame was mediocre. Maybe this meter- Notre Dame team is mediocre. Uh, at two and two, and uh, the loss to Marshall, barely beat Cal, took it to North Carolina, is this going to be one of those 10-win Notre Dame teams? Because if so, BYU probably doesn't win this game. But BYU's got Jaron Hall. We hope that Puka Nakua plays. Gunnar Romney's playing. You've got Keanu Hill. You've got Cody Epps, who scored a touchdown in three straight games. Played at a high level in high school with Bryce Young, uh, Alabama's quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner. Braden Cosper's been good. Can Puka play? Can Chase Roberts play? Like The full accoutrement of BYU receivers gives me confidence against almost anybody not named Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Um, Can BYU stop the run, though, is going to be the question. Let's go back to the Oregon game. BYU did not. Oregon scored on the first five possessions. BYU was down 31-7. If BYU can stop the run and at least limit the run in some way like they did against Baylor, which was outstanding, Cougars got a great shot to win this game because now you put it on Drew Pine's arm. And if it's Drew Pine versus Jaron Hall – I think we all know the answer to the question of who we think is going to win the game if it comes down to the quarterback, Spence. Yeah, I'm with you um, on Notre Dame. Kind of like I feel like they're probably a seven or eight win team this season, Jerem. I, I don't think they're a six win team. I think they're better than that. They certainly play another tough schedule, but I feel like Notre Dame's going to end up with seven or eight wins this season. Certainly not the number five team in the country when they began the season, the team that went into play at Ohio State. I think they've got a top 25 defense for sure right yeah. now. I don't know about that offense. And when you're playing your backup quarterback now in Drew Pine and, and Buckner's out for the season, things just automatically shift. And so I feel I feel like this is, this is a very – evenly matched game full of question marks going back to the original discussion of we have no idea what to expect 
And that makes this game so much fun and really, really fun to try and prepare for because uh, I, I, we're all anticipating, just let's kick this game off. I hate that we have to wait, you know, more than 24 hours to watch this game play because it's going to be a really, really fun physical matchup. Um, you pointed out that in BYU's two wins, while Notre Dame was a six-win team, both of those games were low scoring. And so in the two games that BYU won, BYU scored 21 points and won in Notre Dame in 94. They scored 20 against the Irish in 2004. So BYU has not been able to put together like a huge offensive performance. In fact, and I'll talk, I'll talk about this in our game notes later on, the most points that BYU has ever scored against Notre Dame, not that impressive. That will factor into our game day guarantee. So we'll dive into that, what BYU averages against in the eight all-time matchups against Notre Dame. Really, really intriguing matchup, um, and th- I think this is a, a beatable Notre Dame team. I, I will say Absolutely. that. Absolutely, that's Marshall. This is not a world beater. This is this is not this is not you know the bust Jerome Bettis in the early '90s coming into Provo and putting up 45, 46 points a game against BYU. This is a very beatable Notre Dame team. What version of BYU is going to show up? Um, that's a good question. Is as we enter our game day guarantees, things we have no idea what's going to happen yet. We're going to go on record. We're going to make some game day guarantees. We do this every week. Um, Jeremy, I've been okay in this. I'm 8 for 15 to date. You're trying to get on track. 3 for 15, a combined 11 for 30 overall. we got to work good. together to get to, you know, keep this thing at least 50%. So let's hit them with the game day guarantees. Hit it. Okay, it's number one. For your BYU Sports Nation game day guarantees. Guaranteed. Yeah, right. To be wrong. Wait, is Mike still on? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for that. Jaron Hall will have three or more touchdowns. Jaron Hall is going to show out in this game. Ooh. I probably should have said two if I was going conservative. I'm not. I'm not. This is a conservative place. All right. Uh, he's done this twice this year, the last two weeks, by the way. He had five in the first three games. Zero rushing TDs for Brother Hall. Zero. I wanted that to be at least one in this game. Number two, BYU will make a field yeah. goal. You always made one in four or five. Only Oregon was over. Missed the last two. Get Goldroyd five for ten, three for eight from the thirties, one for one from forty-five. So we'll see what happens in that situation. And number three, to your point about low scoring, first to seventeen wins. First to seventeen plus. Okay, I like that. Okay, you went you went with the seventeen mark, which I feel is fitting. Okay, and. And there's some even there's even more ties to that 17 number that we'll address in in a few moments. I'm I'm of the same um, I'm kind of in the same area with you as far as low scoring, but I think it's a little bit higher. I said first to 20 will win the BYU Baylor game. I think that applies here too. First team to score 20 points, 100%. I guarantee will win this game. Number two. BYU will throw for at least 50 more yards in this game than Notre Dame. I I think BYU has to go air raid. If they want to beat the Irish, I feel like Jaron Hall has to utilize his arm to the tune of at least 50 more pass yards than the Irish. And number three, based on a wild stat we presented earlier this week, BYU will rush for 10 or more yards in the second quarter. Oh, gosh. Here's why it's crazy. Come on. BYU... BYU has only rushed for 10 total yards in the combined second quarters of five 
games. That's two yards per second quarter. What in the world? That's so BYU bad. BYU will have 10 or more yards in this specific second quarter against Notre Dame. That is my third guarantee. I guarantee BYU will run out onto the field. Let's hear from the voice of the nation our question of the day. <laughs> Do you expect BYU to beat Notre Dame? Travis Tingey on Twitter. Yes, BYU will stop the Notre Dame run like they did versus Baylor. And Notre Dame has a similar rushing scheme. I'm begging BYU to sell out on the run game and force Notre Dame's quarterback, Drew Pine, to win in the air as career long is 36. Jaren's is 68. I'd pick Jaren if we can force the game in the air. That's an interesting take. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. I, you know what, Jerem? I think there's going to be some desperation from Notre Dame because think about this. A loss for Notre Dame means the Irish are 2-3 and three after five games. And they still got to play USC and some other really good teams. Like, if Notre Dame loses tomorrow, they're at best, I think, a seven-win team this season. And so that's, and that's the team BYU the needs to beat. Yes. And, and BYU's trying to get to 5 and This huge win for BYU tomorrow, if they can get to 5-1, and one, then the dream totally. season of sorts would continue. A lot riding on this game for both teams. All right, let's keep it rolling, my friend. You can join myself and the former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson, live from Craig Ranch Regional Park here in Las Vegas. BYU Fan Fest as the Cougars prepare for the Irish tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And coming up, former Cowboys coach turned NBC analyst Jason Garrett tells us about bulletin board material and if Jaron Hall is a first-round quarterback. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo and in front of porta-potties in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Images from BYU's win in 1994 at Notre Dame Stadium. Kalani Satake went by Fafita on the back of his jersey. Hey, as a player, he's already beaten Notre Dame, trying to go for a win as a head coach tomorrow against the Fighting Irish. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jerem Jordan. Much more coming up from Spencer Linton in Las Vegas in a moment. Tomorrow's BYU and Notre Dame game from Las Vegas, live on NBC and Peacock at 7.30 Eastern time with Jack Collinsworth, Zora Stevenson, and our next guest, longtime NFL coach, now an analyst for NBC Football Night in America, the USFL, and Notre Dame football, he is Jason Garrett. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, Jerem. It's good to be here with you guys. We're excited about this matchup, and I'm sure you are. What has stuck out in your preparation for uh, what seems like a big-time game in a big-time stadium? Yeah, re really exciting uh, to be a part of this game. You know, right, right from the outset when you first start watching the tape, it's just fun to see BYU play. Uh, one of the things that's been interesting to us is just the sophistication of the offense. It goes back to, to Lavelle Edwards, you know, all the way back in the 70s and early 80s with some of the great players that he had all the way through Detmer in the 90s. And, and they always seemed so advanced in the passing game back then. And that DNA certainly has stuck around. Uh, Jaron Hall is exciting. The receivers are exciting. So uh, just to watch them play, uh, the, the offensive style that they play with, they, they really play at a high level. So that, that's an exciting thing. It's a veteran team. So it's been really enjoyable to watch the tape and prepare for the game. And, you know, we've been doing 
we've done a couple of the Notre Dame games, so we know their team well, and they've really played well the last couple of weeks. The, the game against North Carolina was the best team effort they've had all year long. So I think it's going to be a great matchup, a lot of good players, and certainly an exciting venue here in Las Vegas. How good is Jaron Hall to you? Is he an NFL first-round guy, second-round guy, a draft pick for sure, it would seem? It's hard for me to know the rounds, but you don't have to watch three plays to realize this guy's a good football player. And uh, something I've said for years that, that, that jumped out at me is, you know, the number one trait for a quarterback is instinct, the feel to play the game, the aptitude to play the game. And, you know, we've seen it through the years. Quarterbacks come in all different shapes and sizes. Uh, but, but the one trait that all the great ones have, regardless of how big they are, how athletic they are, what their arm talent is, every great quarterback has instincts and feel for the game. And he certainly has that. You can see it when he throws the ball from the pocket. You can see it when they have design movements. You can see it when the play breaks down. He has outstanding vision. Uh, he can throw the ball from, from different angles, and uh, he's very accurate. He's got playmaking skills, so he's an exciting player to watch. And he doesn't turn it over. BYU's got one giveaway tied for first in the country. Notre Dame has one takeaway. That's last in the country. Do you feel like turnovers will play a factor in this game? Well, you know, turnovers play a factor in every game, and, and something we always talked about when I was coaching was – you know, the first player to sign a, a pro contract was this guy named Pudge Heffelfinger in 1892. <laughs> and you know, the, the, the game was different back then in so many different ways. But the turnover battle won back then, and it wins today. And we used to always show our team statistics from the past year, the past two years, the past 10, 20, 30, 50 years in the NFL. And if you win the turnover battle, you have a great chance of winning the game. Plus one, plus two, plus three. It's amazing. So um, that will always be a critical statistic. When you talk about Jaron Hall, besides the instincts and the playmaking ability, the decision-making is so impressive and how he takes care of the ball. Notre Dame has certainly been on a quest to improve that defensively. They played good defense, but they haven't made those game-changing turnovers or takeaways. So it's something they're emphasizing. I know it's something on the forefront of Jaron Hall's mind, and it will determine the outcome of this ball game. I really believe that the, typically the team that wins that battle is going to win the game. Pudge Heffelfinger wore the other Y, as we like to say, uh, at Yale. You can appreciate that as a, uh, a Princeton guy. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Notre Dame and BYU. Like, which version of these teams are going to show up? And we were just talking about that in the previous segment. Is is this the Notre Dame team that put up a lot of points in UN, on UNC and the offense kind of woke up there with Drew Pine and those three running backs getting over 100 yards combined, receiving rushing? And then is it the BYU team that beat Baylor or is it the BYU team that didn't show up against Oregon? What do you expect tomorrow? Well, in terms of Notre Dame, uh, one thing that, you know, just having followed it and, and been around them here for the last month or so, uh, there's no doubt that there's some moving parts uh, on their team, uh, starting with the quarterback. And, uh, you know, so sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the quarterback to settle in and get comfortable playing to the level he needs to. It looked like about halfway through the Cal game, Drew Pine got comfortable. And uh, it kind of clicked in. He relaxed. He started playing. Uh, 
They ran the ball very well. Offensive line was coming off the ball. They have three backs who they like that, that they got involved. And that sort of took some pressure off of him. He settled in and made the plays he needed to make. And, uh, and, and, and to me, so they've been a little bit of a work in progress because of the quarterback. They have some young offensive linemen, a new offensive line coach. They pride themselves on being uh, offensive linemen. You, they've had some great ones come out there in recent years. So it looks like they're settling in and playing better. They've run the ball a lot better here the last couple of weeks. So from an offensive standpoint, I think they're growing and they're optimistic about where they're headed. Defensively, you said it. I think they've played well throughout the year. The biggest thing is they haven't made these dramatic takeaways, and that's something they're still going to continue to emphasize. But they have a solid veteran group on the defensive side. In terms of BYU, like I said, they're exciting to watch. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch. Uh, you know, they've been inconsistent, but that's every team early on in the season. Uh, they've played some teams with different level of competition. They've, they've played really well at times. They've played only okay at times. But there's a lot of pieces in place that they like. They, too, like their offensive line, big, strong, athletic guys who can protect the passer. They're getting some of their receivers back, the veteran guys who have been good players for them, Nakua and, and Romney along with some young guys who have kind of stepped up in their place and shown that they can be contributors too. So it's a good mix of guys. I think they're the, they're at their best when they mix in the run along with the prolific passing game that they have. You know, from a defensive standpoint, I think the biggest question for them is, you know, their run defense. Uh, Utah State found some opportunities, particularly early on in that game, to simply run the ball against them. So I think that's an area that they have to continue to try to shore up, particularly against Notre Dame, because they're going to try to run the ball in this game. But there, there's a veteran presence on that defense, a lot of guys with a lot of experience on all three levels, and they don't wow you physically. I don't know if they have a lot of game wreckers, but they play defense the right way, and it's going to be a really good matchup on both sides. We're talking to Jason Garrett, who's on the call with NBC tomorrow here on BYU Sports Nation. One of those guys who hopes to get a lot of yards for Notre Dame is Audric Estime, who said Wednesday, BYU has a lot of good players, but, quote, I feel like their players don't match the players we have, end quote. Certainly on the paper, the Irish are very talented. As a coach, were you okay with comments like that, or did you like them avoiding locker room material and bulletin board material? You know, I, I've been around some coaches who spend so much time making sure players don't say anything they shouldn't say. Um, and, and I don't know that I agree to those extremes, but I do think it's important to caution your guys about saying stuff that's red meat for the opponent. There's really no reason to say it. You want your guys to be confident. You want them to have a swagger, but you really want them focusing on themselves. And, uh, and sometimes that stuff is just maybe a little bit of a lack of discipline. And oftentimes it comes back to haunt you. So uh, you kind of want them locked in on what they need to do, limit the distractions as much as they can, but you know, sometimes guys say stuff, and the biggest thing after they do is they better back it up. Certainly he'll have an opportunity against BYU tomorrow. Michael Mayer really pops on film. This is one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the country. Brock Bowers of Georgia and, and Michael seem to be duking it out for perhaps top tight end. How does Notre Dame use him so effectively? And if you're BYU, how do you slow him down at all? Well, Notre Dame has become tight end U. You know, when you're in the NFL uh, and you look at the tight ends coming out in the draft, 
oftentimes they're Notre Dame guys, they're Stanford guys. Hey, they're BYU guys, you know, but not a lot of college programs are playing with a traditional tight end. Uh, Michael Mayer is a traditional tight end. He's big and physical. He can put his hand on the ground and be an inline tight end. He can block both as a pass protector and as a run blocker. He's continuing to refine those skills. But then he can open them up, whether he's by himself on the, on the backside of a one-by-three formation or in the slot, and, and he can do a lot of different things. He's a very good route runner. He's quarterback friendly. He wins in man. He, he finds holes in zone. He can be a vertical threat. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's a physical runner afterwards. And, and, and when you meet the guy, he just has a swagger about him. He has a confidence about him. He knows he's a good player. And I think that shows up in how he plays. He's not a perfect tight end. He'd be the first to tell you that. But he's growing. He's passionate about the game and wants to keep getting better. And Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator, has done a really good job using him. You'll see him make plays within the scheme of their passing game. But then you'll see him isolated in formations to create a matchup. And you can tell the quarterback is looking there first. And that's a good thing to do when you have a player like that. As a former offensive coordinator, do you like a booth cam? Because I'm not sure Tommy Reese does after the Cal game. <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for TV. You know, I'm a TV guy now, so <laughs> it makes it interesting. I don't know. I that was I'll... always downstairs, so, yeah. you know, I, I was subject to the other cameras that they had. But, uh, you know, that booth cam is interesting and you know, it's up to the director and the producer to make sure they choose it wisely, <laughs> choose to use it wisely. But uh, Tommy's a heck of a coach, and he's a passionate guy, and he loves teaching his his guys and helping them become better. And, and I think that passion is something that makes him who he is. Tommy was the quarterback when these two last played back in uh, 2013 in South Bend. They caught quite a moment against Cal, if you saw it. It was crazy. For BYU, you talked about um, you know, offensively. The Cougars have struggled to establish the run game early in games. In the third and fourth quarter, they've been able to find it with Christopher Brooks last week, uh, Miles Davis the week before that. How hard is it as an offensive coordinator, Jason, to establish the run when you don't necessarily know who the main guy is? Does that matter? Well, establishing the run is an interesting thing. You know, I, I've, I've found through the years that, you know, oftentimes coaches will go into games and they say, we're going to establish the run, and you can see them – you know, kind of banging their head against the wall, you know, early on in the game, we're going to run it, we're going to run it, we're going to run it again, we're going to run it, and they keep running it, and they never get into the flow of the game. And, and the thing you have to remember is, on the defensive side, typically what they've been preaching is, we got to stop the run, we got to stop the run. You know, so this thing goes back and forth, and 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 I like BYU style in that, hey, you know, we're, we're going to put some air in this defense at the outset, we're going to throw it, we're going to run it, we're going to mix it. And then as the game goes on, we're going to wear them out with the running game. And, and so typically, to me, that tends to be a better formula because everyone's so geared up to stop the run. And sometimes when you don't have that early success, there's a lot of frustration that 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 creeps in for everybody involved. And I think the better approach is let's have balance, let's attack different ways, and hopefully we get ahead. And as the game wears on, we wear them out by handing the the, the ball and, we, and we, we beat them up, you know, running the ball late. And I think that's been a good formula for BYU. And it's actually been a formula that Notre Dame has used as well. And that's typically when offenses play their best. 
Baylor ran it 52 times for 2.9 yards per carry, and uh, it didn't work. And I swear Aaron Roderick hears that, uh, you know, established running, goes, okay, we'll throw it, like you mentioned. Jason, we appreciate the time. Uh, we look forward to the broadcast tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Have a great call. Hey, great being with you. You guys do a heck of a job. Thank it's you, It's going to be a fun game. It, it will be. Jason Garrett of NBC okay. and Peacock. Fun to have him Take on the care, program guys. today. Thanks, Jason. Uh, great conversation. Great insight into what's going on. And, of course, we know Jason from his time with the Cowboys and in the NFL. And So fun to have him on the program. Check that out tomorrow after BYU Sports Nation game day gets you going at 5.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Then we'll hand it off to NBC and BYU Radio as the guys are live from Provo and Vegas. Big game tomorrow. Let's go. Coming up, who had the best line from West Coast Conference Media Day? Mark Few or Randy Bennett? We'll tell you what they said. This is BYU Sports Nation on game day eve. Is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Hey, Kalani. Hey, Kalani. Hey, brother. He is Spender. I am Jerome. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Jaron, let's start it off with Gonzaga head basketball coach Mark Few, who said yesterday during the West Coast Conference media basketball days, when asked about BYU moving on to the Big 12 Conference, quote, I'm sure we'll continue to play in some fashion or form moving forward, end quote. Jerem, do you want to see the Zags on future BYU schedules once the Cougars are officially in the Big 12? I do not. BYU is going to have two Gonzagas in Baylor and Kansas, so up to four games to those guys. Don't need it. BYU is going to play 16-plus quad one or two games. They don't need crazy tough games like Gonzaga anymore. Those will come naturally in conference. In fact, BYU's got to mail it in in non-conference if they want to have a shot at the NCAA tournament because, let's be honest, the goal is probably to go 10-3 and three in non-con, 8-10 and uh, 10 in conference, honestly, and then uh, win one game in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament, and then go into the postseason 19-14 and 14 and hope you're an 11 and play in Dayton. Like, that's the realistic hope initially. I'm fine with it because I don't think BYU will be penalized if they play Gonzaga and lose. I understand your point. You don't want to have another loss in that loss column, but it's just a game. Gonzaga is so good that it's just like, eh, whatever. You know, throw another one on the schedule. It's fine. Like, it won't penalize BYU, I don't think, for playing another number one team other than more than likely it's another loss in the loss column. So, yeah, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Not to be outdone, St. Mary's head coach Randy Bennett said he wishes BYU wasn't leaving the WCC because of the rivalry and the, the excitement they provide, saying, quote, they're easy not to like, so that makes it fun, end quote. Will someone in the Big 12 replace Randy Bennett at the top of the unlikability scale? Absolutely. That's what happens when you move to new conferences. And I'm going to say something that's probably borderline blasphemous to BYU Sports Nation okay. and BYU fans, Jerem. I'm softening on Randy Bennett. You just I had like an interview Randy with Bennett. him. That when we get to no, league play, you, that'll go you away. You felt this. It went away in you season. Felt this. You're right. Some of it, some of it will go away. But I, I like Randy Bennett. I think he is. He's got a very, very underappreciated sense of humor, and I. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a good experience with them yesterday and I'm conflicted about it and I don't know what to do. Go back to the porta potties. That's where you need to go because that take is crap. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, you've said you've had your say on Randy Bennett clearly with St. Mary's. CBS Sports College basketball analyst John Rothstein has named BYU's Fusini Traore as one of his 20 under-the-radar breakout players for the 2022-2023 season. How big of a jump do you expect from Fus for BYU this season? I think he goes from a 9.6 points per game a guy, 8.4 rebounds, to a 12 and 12. His best asset is his rebounding. He set freshman records in total and offensive rebounds. Nine double-doubles, second most by freshman. I think he has 15 of those. He's a 12 and 12 guy this year, and uh, I think he'll be part of the first team all league uh, selection as a sophomore. Yeah, 100% agree. He's on the preseason all WCC team. I, I think he'll be on the postseason team. And I love what Rothstein said, and I quote, Traore eats glass every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A tenacious rebounder. This kid, he says, has a chance to one day lead all of college basketball in rebounding. I expect Foos to be a double-double guy as well. But man, the fact that he could be the leading rebounder in all of college basketball, that's some high, that's a high expectation. I'm not ready to go quite to that level just yet. Not bad for a 6'6 guy, but he does have a 7'2 wingspan. Is Zach Wilson the best Wilson starting at quarterback in the NFL now? Jets Nation, let's ride. Yes, <laughs> Zach Wilson is the best starting quarterback named with the last name Wilson in the league right now. I, Russell Wilson just clearly uh, is kind of, he's in a weird headspace. He, he, he's, not, he's not the answer for the Denver Broncos right now. Not to say that he can't turn it around and be a little bit better, but that Denver Broncos offense is becoming historically bad, Jerem. I mean, it's, it's bad right now. And so, yeah, the, the mojo, the vibe, it's better around Zach Wilson right now than it is around Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's, no, it's bad. Like, as of last week, yes, he's the best Wilson in the NFL. Russ could certainly turn this around quickly. Obviously, I love Russ from his time with the Seahawks, but, hey, good timing for the Seahawks to, to get him off the books because he's uh, big time expensive and right now not producing, especially in the red zone. BYU football played its first game 100 years ago today. Wild stat. Jerem, what are you getting BYU football for essentially its 100th birthday as it turns a centenarian? A cane or something? I don't know, a chocolate uh, <laughs> uh, cougar tail? I don't know, man. What, what are you giving him? Uh, a bony fuller bobblehead. Nice. That's, that's what I've settled on. I like that. I like that Let's just go with that, right? All right, join our radio brethren, reminding all of you tomorrow, Riley Nelson, Greg Rebell, Mitch Jurgens, Cleon Wall, as they get you set on the BYU radio side for the Cougars and Irish. Complete coverage beginning at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, not to mention extensive post-game coverage, once again, only on BYU radio. And coming up, a Notre Dame legend helped get BYU football started and more game notes as BYU Sports Nation continues from Provo and Vegas. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
Hoping for much more of that coming up Saturday, tomorrow against Notre Dame in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we are live with Spencer Linton outside of Allegiant Stadium. He has moved away from the porta potties, or did the porta potties move away from him? <laughs> and I'm Jerem Jordan in Provo. It's time for game notes, facts, stats, storylines, narratives. We give you to prepare for BYU Notre Dame on NBC and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 5:30 Eastern Time. I'll kick us off. Number one, Newt Rockney was an adjunct professor at BYU in 1923. Newt Rockney, one of the greatest coaches of all time, of course, from Notre Dame. 99 years ago, in year two of the Cougar football program, he held a two-week football course during summer school. The only way to pay him was to make him an adjunct professor. Apparently, he didn't grade uh, some tests or something, left him behind. But there's Newt Rockney at the Brigham Young Academy in 1923. How about that? That's pretty cool. Go listen to Cougar Tailgate this week on Super BYU Radio. Cool for more on that story. Jerem, let's go with the eight all-time matchups between BYU and Notre Dame for this next game note. BYU is averaging just 17.6 points per game Woof. in those eight previous matchups. The Cougars have never scored more than 23 in any game against Notre Dame. Mm. I mentioned this earlier, 21 points and 20 points in the two BYU wins over Notre Dame which just makes me feel even stronger about first team to 20 wins. And can this be the first BYU team to hit that magical Bronco Mendenhall mark of 24 points? You'd think they'd win if they do. Ohio State scored 21 at home against Notre Dame. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Marshall scored 26 uh, <laughs> in South Bend. Okay, game note uh, number three here. A lot of conversation about the run game for both teams, Spence. BYU actually averages more per rush than Notre Dame, 4.88 to 4.03. And it's uh, only a difference of .02 in rush yards allowed. I think that's where this game might be decided, but I also think Jaron Hall's arms got to win it for BYU. Yep, I agree. I think BYU's got to go big play with Jaron Hall's arm, and he's done it basically every game this year, so why expect anything different, different against Notre Dame? Uh, much has been said about Jaron Hall, speak of the devil, or speak of the, the hero, the I should angel say. angel in this case. Protecting the football. Yes. 12 touchdown passes, only one interception. Incredible, incredible stat line there. Notre Dame's quarterback, Drew Pine, is pacing for something similar. Six touchdown passes, only one interception in his two-plus games of action. So just maybe the guy who makes a mistake tomorrow may cost his team the game with how well they've been protecting the football, Jerem. It all depends on where that happens, and more on that, Notre Dame last in the country in takeaways with one in four games. You were tied for first with only one giveaway all year. I think turnovers could be a storyline. Be positive, and you have a good chance of winning. But of course, turnovers are somewhat lucky, and then where you turn it over, that plays into how things shape up as well. Jerem, we call Las Vegas the home away from home for BYU, right? Sam Boyd Stadium was so good to BYU and has been for so many years. Now it's gone, so it's become Allegiant Stadium. But BYU all time in Las Vegas, this thanks to my friend Ralph Sokolowski, statistician for BYU. The Cougars are 14 and four all time in Las Vegas. Nine and zero against UNLV, three and three in the Las Vegas Bulls. 
one and one in WAC championship games, and of course, one and zero at Allegiant Stadium after beating Arizona last year. It's been a good place for BYU to win a lot. Fourteen and four all time to look for victory number fifteen in Sin City tomorrow against Notre Dame. Let's go, man! Win. That would be a massive win, and it doesn't matter how Notre Dame fares this year. They won six games when BYU's beaten them twice, but just get the dub, man. Just win, baby, at the Raiders Stadium. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of winning, BYU women's volleyball does a ton of it. The 14th ranked Cougars will look to stay unbeaten in West Coast Conference play tomorrow as they host San Francisco live on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan, Amy Gann on the call with Kenzie Kerber chiming in. Watch the match, 3 Eastern on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. And Fantasy Friday is on deck. This is the week for me. I can feel it. I'm mixing up the lineup. <laughs> Waiver wire is happening. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and or BYU radio apps today. Download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And anytime you feel like it, you can subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Football Friday. If we took the football part out, we'd be talking about rings of power, which we are not. What are the rules? All right, here are the rules again. Each week, we pick three players to start from our roster of seven current and or former BYU players. The loser from the previous week, which in all five previous weeks has been you, Jerem. At this point, I'm hoping you get a win. I was unaware. You get the first waiver wire option because you're on that losing streak. Okay, points are awarded on offense for yards gained, touchdowns, defensively for tackles, TFL, sacks, takeaways, touchdowns, field goals, and extra points on special teams. That ain't happening. Uh, okay, so I'm using the waiver wire to drop Lopini Katoa and I'm picking up Keanu Hill, and he is inserted into my starting lineup. Zach Wilson, nice week last week, nearly got me the win. Fred Warner. Ben Bywater continues. He is, he is awesome for me right now, 14 points last week. Keanu Hill's gonna have a game against Notre Dame. I feel a touchdown, I feel 78 yards coming to him, so I'm thinking double digits for all three guys, and I finally get off the schneid and get a win down 0-5. Hey, I mean, really, the magic number for you, Jerem, if you can get to, like, 40 points, and I think that's doable this 40. week for you with Zach Wilson scoring 20, and then you get you get 10 and 10 from Bywater and Hill, that's, that's your uh, recipe. Now, for me, the recipe has been starting Jaron Hall, number one overall pick. He is the biggest part of my fantasy lineup. Going with him, he'll be joined by Max Tooley. I feel like Max Tooley's going to have a very active game tomorrow against Notre Dame's rush-heavy offense. I think it will be anyway. And then Jamal Williams. Got to do all it. all NFL running backs and touchdowns scored. You got to ride the hot hand with Jamal Williams, right? So it's Jaron Hall, Max Tooley, and Jamal Williams. I'm hoping to get me to 6-0 and this season. Dude, touchdown city with those guys. Jaron Hall's on fire. Max Tooley has two pick sixes, tied for first in the country. Jamal Williams leads the NFL, leads this planet in rushing touchdowns? Like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> but it's not gonna be enough this week. Our question of the day. Do you expect BYU to beat Notre Dame at sharper 31? And the uniform reveals BYU already has. If only that was the game. On the field, 
That's why they play the game. That's exactly right. Also, Tyson Peterson on Facebook. I expect BYU to win the same way I expect my kids to clean their room. I love when it happens, but not surprised when it doesn't. <laughs> that's a very relatable take there. That's well, that's well played. That's well played. Uh, yeah, the, expect, the expectation I think we can both agree on is this is going to be hard-fought, low-scoring, probably ugly, and then comes down to a turnover here, a big play there. Expect it to be close in the fourth quarter. I, I can almost guarantee that. What if BYU comes out and is just chucking it down the field to its awesome receivers and just gets out in front and Notre Dame can't catch up via the pass? Like That would be the most ideal situation where they're turning it over a little bit, BYU's capitalizing. One fear in this game I do have is the inconsistency with Jake Oldroyd's field goal kicking. Will it come back to haunt BYU in a close, tight, low-scoring game like this, Spence, where BYU needs a field goal or two to win a game? We shall see. Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX. Yeah. Healthcare Elevated. And underscore Crawley19. I expect BYU to win literally every game they play in every sport. Wow. Blue goggles, we'll send them to you. And if they lose, someone clearly wasn't living right on and off the field. Get out of here! That's not the elite voice. Thanks for weighing in, but come on, man. It's not tied to righteousness. Get out of here. Today's Rise and Shoutout, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We had a super cool moment last night where all three Bauer sisters connected on a play in the Santa Clara game. So Morgan comes in, serve-receive, Whitney Bauer with the assist to her sister Eden. This is the oldest child to the second oldest child to the third oldest child for a point. Now, I can't say definitively this is the first time in BYU history that it happened, but I can say definitively that this is the first time that it happened. I mean, that's pretty cool, Spence, to have all three sisters connect on a play in a game. What a family, Caroline and Danny and all the kids. Shout out to that family. They are a special group. Super cool to see that from uh, the trio of Bowers. Uh, they're awesome, man. Can't wait to see more of that. Thanks to today's guest, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. No more porta potties! <laughs> Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to David Lauder. See you tonight for the FanFest 9 Eastern from Vegas. Go Cougs!